Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hey everyone, we're well, welcome back. We're back in the book of Acts uh, this week. We're in Acts chapter 23 today, jumping right in. Paul has been brought to um, uh, this uh, before the the, the Roman tr- tribune. And uh, so he, they had realized that he was a Roman citizen and they had just bound him unlawfully. So um, they unbind him um, and bring him before um this uh, chief priest, uh, and uh, they set him before them. And looking, so chapter 23, verse 1, looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I've lived my life before God and all in good conscience up to this day. And the high priest uh, Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Boom. And that is a kind of a, um, a way to silence. You know, the person, um, but Paul, um, Paul said, um, you know, to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. And it, my study Bible says it's kind of a metaphor for hypocrisy. Ananias was a particularly bad high priest, high priest. And, um, so, um. He, he kind of asked him, Are you sitting to judge me according to the law, yet contrary to the law you order me to be struck? So Paul's you know, speaking boldly. Uh, verse 4, Those who stood by said, Would you revile God's high priest? And then uh, uh, undoubtedly... So in verse 5, Paul said, I didn't know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. So... It's my study Bible says it's quite possible that Paul didn't know the high, who the high priest was since he'd been absent absent from Jerusalem for many years. Um, other options would be poor eyesight for Paul, uh, or that he didn't realize the act came at the high priest's command. So those are some things you know. Uh, just kind of gives you a flavor of the confusion of the moment. Verse 6, now when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Brothers, I'm a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I'm on trial. 
That's the whole gospel message is the death and resurrection of Jesus. Now, Paul knows that the Pharisees believe in the resurrection and the Sadducees don't. So he's kind of putting themselves on trial a little bit. Verse 7, And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Verse 9, Then a great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party stood up, contending sharply, We find nothing wrong with this man. And what if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? Verse 10, And when the dissension became violent, the tribunes, afraid of that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers go down and take <coughs> him away from uh, among them by force and to bring them into the barracks. The following night the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, you must testify also in Rome. Verse 12, When it was day, the Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink uh, till they had killed Paul. They were more than 40 who made this conspiracy. They went to the chief priests and elders and said, We've strictly bound ourselves by an oath to taste no food till we've killed Paul. So this is getting really serious now. They really want to kill him. And this is interesting that the Jews were like this, just like they were Jesus. They wanted to kill him too. Um, And we're going to, you know, eat nothing until we've killed him. Verse 15, Now therefore... Uh, You, along with the council, give notice to the tribune to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case more exactly. And we are ready to kill him before he comes near. Okay, so that's how we're going to do this. Verse 16, Now the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush. So this is his nephew. So he went and he entered the barracks and told Paul. And then Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the tribune. For he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the tribune and said, Paul the prisoner, call me and ask me to bring this young man to you. And he has something to say to you. And then the tribune took him by the hand and going aside, asked him privately, what is it you have to tell me? Verse 20, and he said, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow. And as though they were going to inquire somewhat more closely about him, but do not be persuaded by them, for more than 40 of the men are lying in ambush for him, who've bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they've killed him. And now they are ready, waiting for your consent. Verse 22, So the tribune dismissed the young man, charging him, Tell no one that you have informed me of these things. Verse 23, So he called in, uh, two of the centurions and said, <clears throat> Get ready 200 soldiers with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night. <clears throat> also provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter to this effect. So in other words, he wrote a letter saying something like this because Dr. Luke probably didn't have access to the letter. Okay. So this is Dr. Luke giving you the best he can come up, he can, you know, effectively write. Claudius uh, Lysias to His Excellency the Governor Felix, greetings. 
interesting that they sign it at the very beginning. That's what McGee was telling us. So Claudius Lysias is the, uh, the tribune here. He's writing to Felix. Greetings. Verse 27, This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them when I came upon them with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman citizen. And desiring to know the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council. I found he was being accused about questions of their law, but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. Verse 30, and when it was disclosed to me that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once, ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have against him. Verse 31, so the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipyrus, and on the next day they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. And when they had come to Caesarea, which is on the coast, uh, they presented Paul uh, also before him. On reading the letter, he asked what province he was from, and when he learned he was from uh, Cilicia, uh, he said, I will give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. And he, com he commanded him to be guarded in Herod Herod's um, praetorium, which is um, a palace that served as the quarter for the Roman governor. So we're going to stop here. We'll um, um, continue this amazing um, drama unfolding about Paul's uh, accusers and trying to kill Paul just like they tried to kill Jesus and um, how Paul takes a stand, again, being led by the Holy Spirit. So we'll stop here. We'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. I hope you're doing great, Matali. Look forward to hearing your study today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time tomorrow. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Acts chapter 23, beginning at verse 1, all the way through to verse 35. In this chapter, we find that Paul is arrested in Jerusalem, and the Roman captain who had arrested him put him in prison. Um, and um, this Roman captain was just going to you know, beat him up, but when he actually found out that he was a Roman citizen, he refrained from that and was amazed to also find out that Paul was a Hebrew and he spoke Greek and was a Roman citizen. So the Sanhedrin, that's the religious rulers, and you know you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they wanted to try him. So that's Paul. So Paul makes, you know, a fruitile effort to explain himself and his conduct and position and we also um, see that the Lord the Lord encourages Paul and then we see uh, the plot to murder Paul and this caused him to be removed um, to Caesarea for trial before Felix so Verse 1 of chapter 23, the book of Acts reads, 
Then Paul, looking earnestly at the, con the consul, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. So Paul is before uh, the Sanhedrin, that's the religious rulers. Verse 2 goes on to read, And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. So Paul actually wanted to speak. And the high priest wasn't about to let him speak until he was actually ready to hear him. Verse 3 goes on to read, Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. For you sit to judge me according to the law and do not command me, sorry, and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? So here Paul, actually, like, he did not know that Ananias was um, the high priest and Paul wanted to actually um, speak. So... You know, no man could actually be punished until a judgment is actually handed in. Just like today, no man is supposed to, like, you know, we say, um, all men are innocent until proven guilty. So, here, um, so, so technically here, this actually gave no liberty to those who had arrested Paul. So, this reveals that Paul knew the law. He was a very learned an educated person and that you know man couldn't be condemned or punished until a judgment had been handed down to him and Paul was just exercising his right in verse 4 goes on to read and those who stood by said do you revile God's high priest so Paul actually just generally didn't know he like um, Ananias was the high priest so he, because he is suffering from eye trouble, and he couldn't see. Verse 5 goes on to read, Then Paul said, I did not know, brethren, that he was the high priest. For it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. So, um, here, um, Paul, he knew the law and every detail of it. He, he was a Pharisee. And, you know, the law had said you are to respect your rulers. And this holds true today. Who ought to respect the people who are in office? You know, despite you know, what type of person it is and all, it's the office that we are actually respecting. So we ought to give respect to the people in authority as it is, as it is also written in scripture. Verse 6 goes on to read, But when Paul... Oh, and yeah, it's actually written in Exodus... 22 verse 28 and uh, verse 6 goes on to read but when Paul perceived that one part was Sadducees and the other part Pharisees he cried out in the council men and brethren I am a Pharisee the son of a Pharisee concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead i am being judged oh concerning the death and resurrection of the of the dead i am being judged so paul here he realizes his up against two different religious groups and 
you know, and we see here a little bit more information about, you know, Paul's background. So Paul's father was a Pharisee, and, you know, Paul came from a prominent um, family. You know, his father was a wealthy man. And the two parties here that Paul's dealing with, um, one that one of the parties believes in res the resurrection, and that's the Pharisees, and the others, are the Sadducees, they do not believe in the resurrection. And it's just not the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's the resurrection of the dead. Verse 7 goes on to read, And when he said, and when he had said this, uh, dissension, and this is like one of the more, um, you know, more intense dissensions that actually is recorded in scripture that took place in the book of Acts. So uh, it goes on to read, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the assembly was divided. Verse 8, for Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and no angel or spirit, but the Pharisees confess both. Verse 9, then there arose a loud outcry and the scribes of the Pharisees party arose and protested saying, we find no evil in this man, but if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. So here the Pharisees, they come to Paul's defense. So they find out that he is one of them. He's a Pharisee and they defend him. Verse 10 goes on to read, Now when there arose a great dissension, the commander fearing lest Paul might be pulled in, to pieces so this was quite an intense and violent dissension so paul might be pulled to pieces by them commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks so paul's life actually uh, was in danger again and this roman captain reaches down and saves paul verse 11 goes on to read but the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. So Paul is to, is in the will of God. People may argue out, like, you know, Paul was actually forewarned by the Holy Spirit that, you know, he was, he, he you know, when he was going to Jerusalem, um, is going to get arrested and all that he still went but he was in the will of that doesn't mean that he was not in the will of god he was still in the will of god and um you know it was god's will for him to actually go to jerusalem but to also be aware of what was going to happen that's why he was actually told and all the spirit of god ever did was tell him that what he would find in jerusalem and that's what the Spirit of God did. And this is God's method of how it was to be done. It wasn't up to Paul. So Paul would actually testify in Jerusalem and also bear witness at Rome, as Paul had never had the opportunity either in Jerusalem or Rome. So Paul is in the will of God because this is God's method. This is how the message is going to reach Jerusalem and Rome. Verse 12. And when it was day, some of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat 
no drink till they killed Paul. Verse 13. Now there were more than 40 who had formed this conspiracy. They came to the chief priests and elders and said, We have bound ourselves under a great oath, and we will eat nothing until we have killed Paul. Verse 15. Now you, therefore, together with the council, suggest to the commander that he be brought down to you tomorrow as though you were going to make farther inquiries concerning him, but we are ready to kill him before he comes near. So this was a plot to kill Paul, and the Spirit of God made it clear that Paul is going all the way to Rome. This was in God's plan. So you see, human plans are not God's plan. So Paul was going to go either way because that was God's will and God's plan that Paul go and, you know, testify in Jerusalem and bear witness in Rome, which actually did happen. Verse 16 goes on to read. So when Paul's sister's son heard of their ambush, he went and entered the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions to him and said, Take this young man to the commander, for he has something to tell him. Verse 18. So he took him to he took him and brought him to the commander and said, Paul the prisoner called me to him and asked me to bring this young man to you he has something to say to you so paul here he's actually um exerting his right as a roman citizen and he has um had to actually use that position that he has so paul had relatives here like we can see he had a sister and this is and he also had a nephew uh, that lived in Jerusalem. So we have more details, just a little more details about Paul here. Verse 19 goes on to read. Then the commander took him by the hand, went aside, and asked privately, What is it that you have to tell me? Verse 20. And he said, The Jews have agreed to ask that you bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire more fully about him. Verse 21, But do not yield to them, for more than forty of them lie in wait for him, men who have bound themselves by the oath, and they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him, and now they are ready waiting for the promise from you. So these men, they took this oath of neither eating nor drinking, and they were gonna, they were gonna get hungry because they were gonna stay for a long time without eating or drinking. So um, this captain is actually warned, and today, you know, we have what people would classify as, you know, super pious saints who actually don't use common sense. In certain instances, you know, they just like to say, oh, I trust the Lord. 
and you know he will do everything in most cases the lord actually expects us to use common sense common discernment so the lord wants us to use basic common sense and this uh it doesn't mean that we are not trusting him no uh we are trusting him to use means at our disposal we have six senses we ought to use them and not just say oh hey um i will trust in god because we have instances where people here you know say for example they're sick on medication and they decide to just stop taking the medication or going to the doctors and they say i'm putting everything in the lord's hands that is us not using our common sense it's just us, us just being dumb but the lord would like to use all means that are at our disposal verse 22 goes on to read so the commander let the young man depart and commanded him tell no one that you what you have revealed that you have revealed these things to me verse 23 and he called for two centurions usually they have like one centurion which is like about 100 so two centurions that's about 200 saying prepare 200 soldiers 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea as the third hour of the night so this is an army that will actually escort Paul to Caesarea and Paul is in the will of God in doing this and actually asking his nephew to um, talk to the captain about the plot um, of the 40 men who had planned on laying wait and killing Paul. Verse 24 goes on to read, and provide mounts to set Paul on and bring him safely to Felix, the governor. So the governor was in Caesarea, and this is where Pilate had actually also been. So sending Paul to Caesarea removes him from the immediate danger that was being passed there. Verse 25, he wrote a letter to the following, in the following manner. So here, you know, Dr. Luke didn't have access to the letter, but he actually gives us the sense of it. Verse 26 goes on to read Claudius Lysias to the most excellent Governor Felix greetings so this is a very formal letter and um, so yeah this letter that was written as a very formal letter in that day one actually signs the name of the top like we've seen here Verse 27 goes on to read, this man has was seized by the Jews and was brought to be killed by them coming to the troops. I rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman. So here, the, this Roman official wants the governor to actually know that he was doing his duty that by protecting a Roman. 
So if you're but they're protecting my Roman citizen. It was 28 when I agreed. And when I wanted to know the reason why they accused him, I brought him before the council. Question why I found him. Um, I found out that he was accused concerning questions of their law, but had nothing charged against um, against him. So here, this Roman official in Jerusalem never did know, you know, what exactly the charge was. Um, he actually didn't know what the charge was against Paul, other than it's um, pertaining to that of the law. Verse 30 goes on to read, And when it was told me that the Jews lay in wait for the Jews lay wait for the man, I sent him immediately to you and also commanded his accusers to state before you the charges against him farewell so this is uh, as we can see it's a very very formal letter that was written in verse 31 goes into read then the soldiers as they were commanded took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. So here now, uh, verse 32 goes on to read. The next day they left the horsemen to go on with him and returned to the barracks. Verse 35, when they came to Caesarea and had delivered the letter to the governor, they also presented Paul to him. And when the governor had read it, he asked what province he was from and when he understood that he was from Cilicia, Cilicia, yeah, Cilicia rather. And uh, he said, I will hear when um, you accuse us. Um, I will hear, sorry, let me just read that again. I will hear you when your accusers have come and have commanded um, him to be kept in Herod's praetorium. So here, Paul actually is put in prison at Caesarea and is waiting for his accusers to, from Jerusalem to come and give the charge to Felix the governor. So this is our teaching for today. And um, it's been a great teaching. And it actually reveals the hand of God that was in Paul's life. And it's the glory and wonder of it all. And, you know, simple faith is all we should have that we can actually come to Christ and um, it's it's actually just a simple faith. This is all 
um, um, like in summary, today's teaching, which is about simple faith, that we actually come, you know, we have faith in Christ, we come to Christ, and He will actually lead us. You know, the hand of God was in Paul's life, no matter the situation, no matter how dire the situation is. So yeah, this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening, and God bless you, and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye.